Hey guys, welcome back to the York Christian Podcast. Today's a very special day because today's Valentine's Day and I'm actually here with the wonderful, beautiful wife, Jenna Smith. Hello, I'm so excited to finally be on here. Yeah, so we just listened, we just sat down and listened to Codus and MG. I call her MG. MG, if you're listening, I know your name's Macy Grace, <laughs> um, but we just listened to y'all's, y'all's podcast and it inspired us. And so we want to thank y'all for doing it and that was really awesome. Um, so what y'all talked about a little bit was, um, basically the, the gist of how to find a relationship, how to keep a good relationship, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and y'all had some really good insightful thoughts. And so Jenna and I, we listened to it and said, you know what, maybe we should add a perspective of a married couple. So, um, that's kind of what we're going to do. Um, I just want to say happy Valentine's to all of you that are listening. Um, and I'm super stoked for this. We kind of talked about some of the things that we wanted to share and I know that Jenna's got some really good wisdom that she's going to share. She's going to uh, share some good stuff. So <laughs> and I wouldn't go that far. We'll see. <laughs> well, I, I would. Uh, I've, I've got faith. So um, just getting right into it. No need to delay, right? Um, mm-hmm. So we're just going to talk about, I guess, the, the, the gist of the beginnings. And, and I know <laughs> we met on Tinder, if you can believe that or not. Um, and so... Not our proudest moment. But you know what? It works. Um, after all, Romans eight twenty eight: all things can work together for the good of those who love God, right? So um, even God can use evil things. He can use things as bad as tender <laughs> to bring uh, two godly people together, which is kind of crazy. So um, <laughs> I know when I, I was on Tinder, I found some very questionable people. Oh, definitely. Um, I did too. Yeah. Some characters out there for sure. <laughs> definitely some characters. Uh, you know what? It's a podcast. I'll go through one story. Um, <laughs> so anyways, long story short, go on a date with this girl. Um, and I ended up dropping her off at the house. She says, wait, hold on. Uh, I was like, what do you mean? Wait, hold on. I just dropped you off. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I might have told this on the podcast before, but anyways, I'll speed it up. And so anyway, she comes back out with pillows and a blanket. I'm not an idiot. I know what she's trying to do. <laughs> and so anyways, me being the curious mind that I was at the time, this was uh, before I met Jenna, of course. And um, obviously, that's kind of obvious. Right. And <laughs> and so anyways, I follow her. And, and anyway, she leads me up to this, like the top of a, a house or whatever. And, and nothing happens. So don't get your mind twisted or anything like that. Um, but while we were up there on top of this roof, we were like stargazing, whatever. She asked me something along the lines of about God. Um, you know, she's like, do you ever wonder about where we come from? And of course, being the Christian that I am, I said, oh, well, I don't really wonder where we came from. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, that did spark the conversation of God. And she uh, she said that she was spiritual. And up until that point, you could, you know, maybe you could think that maybe she was a Christian. So I think there's a, I think there's value in us talking about um I don't want to say fake Christians, um, but people that identify as Christian that don't actually bear the fruit and don't actually represent Christ. And so I think that that may be superficial. Yeah, superficial relationships, definitely. I think that's not derogatory in a way because it's better than saying fake Christian at least. That's true. But... So describe to me what you think, like, uh, what are some, like, red flags of a superficial relationship, if you will? A superficial relationship or a person who's uh, superficial? Okay. Yeah. Um, considering I, I guess I was a superficial Christian at one point. You and me both. Um, and I definitely dated some people who were super, superficial in their faith as well. So some red flags would be the extent of their relationship with God would only be going to church on Sundays. Mm. Or even... Um, 
like watching it online. Mm, and like there's nothing nothing wrong with watching it online. Like if you need to do that and you have health issues with COVID, that's perfectly fine. But a person who limits their relationship with God on Sundays and strictly mm. only Sundays, that's there's true. something wrong there. That's a good. Red point. flag. <laughs> red flag. <laughs> um <laughs> I think I would, I'm going to give my own red flag and, okay. and maybe this would be too generic or too vague. Um, a side story when I was in ninth grade, I had a teacher that instead of saying vague, she said vague because she was from like the Midwest or like North somewhere. And so anyways, whenever I say vague, I think of vague and like when I said bag, I, I think of vague. Anyways, right. um, <laughs> so that was a nonsense, but my red flag that I guess I'd add to that is, um, I experienced a lot of people that would say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. But yet their life wouldn't reflect it. Similar to what you're talking about yes. with like not going to church, but um, like there's a lot of people. Like I grew up in church. I try. I, I was really like I, my parents told me what to do in the sense of where to try to find people, um, and that was in the church. And so when I tried to find people within the church, we would have the knowledge, but we wouldn't have the application. Yes. And so I think uh-huh. that 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 would be my flag. There is the lack of application. So like you said, you can keep going to church, but. Um, you can talk about it all day long, but if you don't do it, then that's a huge difference. And that's just me l- reflecting on myself because that's mm-hmm. where I was for the, all of my life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I just never, I never had the action to it. So yeah. my and faith to, was fake. Yeah. To go even further with that, like fruits in mm-hmm. your significant other's life, if they are not exemplifying the characteristics of Christ, then they are not. They're most likely not a Christian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) They're probably lukewarm. And this is not to call anybody out because I definitely went through this and Jared definitely went through this. So um, if you feel like that you might fall into this category and you're listening to this podcast, um, feel free to look up. um, I can't remember where the spiritual uh, fruits are listed in the bible Mm, galatians 5 galatians 5 so go to galatians 5 and look up all of the um spiritual fruits that must be in your life when you are Mm. living for christ and that's a really good point i think it's somewhere around verses like 23 or somewhere around there Mm -hmm. but it's it's love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control and forgiveness (laughs) did i say that there's nine of them i said nine but I might okay, have, well, I it's, I it's, don't know all nine of them, but I know... F- different versions. The forgiveness it, is one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she talked about fruits, and throughout the, the New Testament, specifically in the Gospels, Jesus talks about different kinds of fruits and trees, and, mm. and so um, a good fruit bears... Uh, hello, a good fruit. <laughs> a, good, a good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit, and so... Um, no, I just want to be honest with you. If there's a tree that has, if there's one bad apple and it's got 99 good apples, it's not a bad tree. No. It's just, it's uh-uh. human. Um, so don't, don't go around and, and <laughs> nobody's perfect. Don't expect no. perfection. Christians um, are not perfect. Right. And uh, I was thinking of, of trees and fruit, uh, obviously, because you talked about it, but it reminded me, my buddy Luke, that's on the podcast, he gave this uh, analogy one, one time in his TikToks and it reminded me of this and, um, I don't remember the name of it, but um, long story short, sometimes if you are surrounded, there's a there's a verse. This is a side thought, but it says that bad company corrupts good character. Mm-hmm. And so, if you choose a, a spouse or a partner where they're draining you because they're bad fruit, and sooner or later, because bad company corrupts good character, that will that there'll be like a root rot that connects because when you're in a relationship, um, that the um, bad company corrupts good characters. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Jenna just pulled it up. Um, but when you're connected in a relationship, 
biblically, of course, through it in the marriage, the two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so if you're dating for any other reason than uh, to get married, then you're, me- you're messing up. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> um, and so the goal there is to obviously in the end to get married. And so I think of it, I, I guess I'm skipping ahead, but um, the two become one flesh. And if that person's root system is dead, there's actually a disease. Um, there's amarilla or sorry, armillaria. Arm <laughs> Anyways, I can't say that. It's, it's, it's just root rot. And so essentially, um, this root rot can spread through the root systems and cause rot in all the nearby trees. And it's a common thing. You can Google it. Um, and I think similarly that happens to us when we're in a relationship mm-hmm. where our significant other is draining us of our fruits. Absolutely. If, if they're taking up our time, if they're, you know, just really just like exhausting us and taking up all of our nutrients, like the root rot is, mm-hmm. um, we can become root rot and, um, just a completely side thought. Um, if you want to dig up a plant, what do you do to dig up that plant? You get a shovel. You get a shovel. <laughs> you tack the roots. Yes. I think, I think Satan can use relationships, bad relationships, bad people to Ooh. attack our roots. Oh, absolutely. Like it's not just relationships too, but the people mm-hmm. that you surround yourself with, mm. like friends, yeah. family even. Um, yeah. So. There's a verse in the, that remind me of it. It's at the bottom of uh, Matthew chapter 19, somewhere around like verse 20-ish. And it, uh, Jesus is saying that if you leave your family or your household and stuff like that, you'll end up getting, or for the sake of Christ, you'll end up getting a hundredfold in heaven. Because mm-hmm. uh, he knows how difficult that is, but yet sometimes that's a necessary thing to do, is mm-hmm. to abandon the things of comfort in this life. And that includes people, that includes family. Um, but, uh, so, that's that's kind of where we're at. I'm looking up the, that, the notes <laughs> here. Um, but... So that's that. That covers superficial relationships, I think. Unless you have yeah. anything else you want to add I don't to that. Think so. um, but just about our relationship. So we started off a little weird. We we probably jumped the gun a little bit. I oh, guess. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, we met on Tinder. We were engaged <laughs> six months later. Married six months <laughs> after that. We didn't wait, and we can talk more about that uh, later. Yes. Um, and like, we, there is no hesitation there. It was right from the gate. We knew. Um, mm-hmm. And so. Which that sounds so cliche, but anyways, um, I will say though that there was a lot, a lot, a lot of growth individually as well as together, both spiritually and physically that we both had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know personally, um, if you listen to this podcast, you know that like I met Jenna a couple months after I had resolved my life uh, issues, if you will. <laughs> And, uh, I found myself through God, of course. And, um, just shortly after that, that's when I met Jenna. Um, and so because I was so fresh in finding my identity in Christ, I had to continue to grow in that. I had to water that, 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 uh, that plant. Right. And so I had to water that seed that, that God had just planted within me. And so there was some growth to occur there. And we've been together for two and a half, two, no, two, two and a half, half years. years, but we've been engaged for two years as of two days. <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, yeah. Two <laughs> days confusing. Um, so married for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both had to, to grow individually. And so what would you say that your walk with Christ looked like individually in that time while we were dating? And, when and, we first started now? dating? From then, from then to now, yeah. So, like Jared was saying, he had just solved his life issues, basically. Um, And I pretty much did, too. Like, I, a couple months before I met him, I was at the lowest point in my life. And I had just realized that 
I was never going to get anywhere if I didn't start, <clears throat> if I didn't start living for gri for gride, Christ. Um, I combined Christ and God. Love that. So, um, I, I was literally on my knees and I was just like, God, just do, do what you want to. Like I have messed up and I have realized that I don't need to be living for myself anymore. And mm. that's when I started, or I moved to UNG and that's mm -hmm. where we met and so on. And that's a whole like growth, which is so awesome. But yeah, when we first started dating, I was still struggling, um, like, I used to cuss a lot, and I think I still did that. Like, I I had to, um, I don't think I, I cussed when we first started dating, no, but I definitely, um, yeah, I struggled with that. But I did, I was um, cutting it down, and I <laughs> eventually got to a point where I stopped that. <clears throat> but um, I don't know of anything else to add. Just, I, there is so much growth that has happened between mm -hmm our relationship and our marriage, which is so awesome. And I actually have, um, we were going to talk about our first Bible study that we ever did together. And, um, it is so cool. Cause I have all of the, we did a word study. I didn't know she kept this. She just pulled this out on the back before the <laughs> podcast. I was like, no way. Yes. I kept it cause it was special. So I knew this sounds cliche once again, but like I knew that Jared and I's relationship was different from the get-go so because go ahead. no no go ahead and oh, add I, I was just gonna say the date that's on here it's literally one month to the day after we started dating <laughs> yes so we were dating for one month at the time and like i said i knew that jesus jared was chasing jesus i'm not jesus <laughs> <laughs> jared was chasing jesus and i was following right behind him like i wanted to be I wanted to grow with him too. So in our word studies, we were talking about God's will. Um, and it's really cool. I'm not going to like go into it a lot, but we had been offered opportunities at my um, childhood home church and we didn't know what we were going to do because we were also trying to start up a church in a way. <laughs> it was crazy. Which is a whole nother story. Um but we didn't end up taking those roles. And looking back, we were like, oh my goodness. After reading just short passages of this word study that we did, like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Thank God we did not take those because yeah. we have already moved twice. We have experienced so many different opportunities and growth in our relationship and other churches. And we are thriving at Crossroads Church right now. And we wouldn't mm -hmm. have been able to do that if we took these, um, opportunities when we first started dating. Yeah. You know, I, it, it's weird because in, in my, my pit of depression, um, mm -hmm. I recognized, you know, once, once God delivered me from my lowest point, I recognized that I wanted to give my life, you know, wholeheartedly actually live for, for God. Um, he showed me my calling was to be a pastor. And so at this point I knew that I wanted to make Christ my center. Of course, I was still figuring out and, and trying to, um, you know, get past it, you know, learn, mm -hmm. you know, a lot. Of, I, I say all the time that a smart person learns from their own mistakes, but a wise person learns from somebody else's mistakes. And at this point, I'd still consider myself, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I'm smart, but I, I was in the process of learning from my own mistakes rather than learning from other people's. I definitely yeah. was not wise. Um, and <clears throat> so it was interesting because 
um, literally within weeks after finding Jenna, um, <laughs> I, I told her right out the gate where, what God had called me to do. And, and I'll, I guess you can talk about that in a second about your thoughts of that. But um, <laughs> it was weird because I felt like God was telling me, Jared, start a church right there in the college town. And so we, you know, anyways, that's a whole other story. And so we were trying to start a church there. And, um, and in the midst of that is when this opportunity with her church came up. And so we felt, you know, pulled because, of course, like, they were giving us a sweet deal. Yeah, Like, this, this church was. And I just felt like God was calling me to try to start this church. And it didn't make any sense, so we were trying to figure out God's will. Um, but uh, I think if I had to summarize our relationship at this point mm-hmm. and the things that we had learned up at this point, it would be to walk by faith, not by sight. And that's, yeah. that's another Corinthians verse. Um and I, I think that's a good summarization of our marriage. Oh, oh absolutely. Um, just because I feel like that's what we're constantly doing. Okay, God, your, your will, not ours. Where you want us to go now? Yes. Um, you know, and anyways, but uh, keep on going with what you were going to talk about. Um, also about the word study, um, I watched you get on your knees and pray, which was amazing. And I had never seen um, a... 20-year-old yeah. ever do that before? Yeah, I haven't done so, it since. <laughs> I actually took a picture of him. I don't know if he knew that. I did not. So it's yeah. somewhere on my old phone. But I just, in that moment too, <clears throat> I could just tell that God was working in our lives. And I could go back and look at that picture and know, like, I didn't, obviously I knew before that because I Anyways, I think I remember you saying something along the lines of like, this was like that word study was the confirmation of our relationship. Yes, that's a good word for it was confirmation because Mm -hmm. I had a feeling. Mm -hmm. But after seeing that and experiencing that with you, I realized like, wow, Mm -hmm. I'm all in with this and Mm -hmm. we are chasing God. Yeah. And I say all the time on podcasts, I don't show emotion, but um, I've been saying, obviously I've been showing a lot of emotion here lately, but that was the one time that I had teared up. And I, mm-hmm. you, you didn't see me tear up again until a month ago. So, <laughs> um, and you know, it's interesting though, because like I, I said a second ago that I never got on my knees face down, you mm-hmm. know, Muslim style, not really. Um, but I was, okay. I was reading, um, in, in the word study, it was talking about prayer and in, in, in what I was reading, I, I don't remember where it was at, but it just said face down on the floor. And I, I remember looking at her saying, don't judge me or something like that. Because <laughs> I'd never done it before. And, that, you know, and anyways, but I uh, I knew what God was telling me to do. So I did it regardless of what she would think. And um, it turns out, you know, I guess it worked out in my favor. <laughs> um, so, you know, God God works through all things. So um, anything else you want to add about the Bible study? I don't think so. Okay. So that was our first Bible study together. And it was honestly, we haven't really done many or much since then. Um, no, we've done I a think, few. I think that we thrive individually better right. than we do. And that's, like, that's what I was going to say. That's not saying that um, Bible studies together is not beneficial. Right. That's just the way our personalities are, mm-hmm. I guess. Like, we're more to ourselves. Right. But and I definitely learn better individually. Me and too. I think it goes, I, I've said it before, but like the, the marriage trinity is what I call it on the podcast. And so imagine a triangle. And so you have God at the top and then mm-hmm. uh, you on one side of the bottom triangle and your spouse on the other side of the bottom triangle. And so your goal is to each individually grow closer to God because in doing so, 
you'll both be reaching closer to God at the same time, thus bringing you both closer together. Um, and it's easier for video if you can see that, but try to picture it in your head. The two bottoms of the triangle grow closer towards the tip of the top where God is at. So if individually you grow closer to God, then you'll end up growing closer together. And so um, I just call that the marriage trinity. But Right. So you don't have to do Bible studies together right, necessarily, right. just as long as you both are reading and growing um, separately, that will mm-hmm. help you grow closer because you are growing towards God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of like young Christian couples like idolize almost yes. like, oh, Bible studies together. This and, could be a whole other podcast right. of like idolization of Christian ooh, relationships. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. We can get into that another day, but oh, geez. there are so many topics of yeah, that. Absolutely. And I'll just say this about it instead of diving super deep into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to not fit the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't even think the, the couple Bible studies are the norm. I think it's just what we blast on social media so other people think that that is our norm, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't think anybody is capable of doing that every single day unless like you're married, you're like retired, you know, that sort of thing. Because Jen and I, we have, this is going to, maybe this will sound weird, but we have separate lives, but mm-hmm. yet it's, we have our together life. So, like, she does what she has to do. She's in college. She has school. Um, she has her Bible studies and all this stuff. And I have work and I have uh, church and all these things. And so we have different schedules, but at some point they coincide, right? And that's where we have our relationship. And, of course, that's the beginning of the day, the end of the day, throughout the day, that sort of thing. Um, and so she has a different time of studying the Word than I do. Um, and so I feel like a, this goes back to the idolization topic, but I feel like a lot of times – uh, young couples will be like, oh, well, we have to have the same schedule so that we can, you know, do these Bible studies together because we're ah, Christian couples. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the case. Just grow individually and you'll, you'll it'll work out in the end. Um, so what did you do to get you to where you're at now? Um, in our relationship or? I think just with your personal walk and then also in the relationship. Uh, this is going to sound pretty basic, but mm-hmm. I just had to grow my relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um, and just like we were talking about, I had to do it individually. And if I would have relied on you and like our Bible studies together, because mm-hmm. we were not always able to have that, mm-hmm. which is why I think that we do the things, do the things that we do now, because right. um, he worked night shifts when he was an EMT. <laughs> Um, a lot of the time, and if I would have just been like, well, I'm not with Jared, so I can't read the Bible tonight, or, oh, we're not together, so I shouldn't go ahead and go read this part of the Bible. Like, you have to have an individual relationship with God, and yeah, you have anything else to add for that? No, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Um, I think for me, my relationship with God when we first started dating, I would say was decent. Mm-hmm. I, it was more prideful than anything. I will admit to that okay. um, because I thought I was more knowledgeable than I was. Mm. And I realize that now <laughs> because, I mean, I don't even know a fraction of a fraction of anything uh, regards to the Bible these days. But the, the more I read the Bible, the more I realize I don't know. And so that just encourages me to, to search more. Um, but... At that time, I thought I knew a lot, and that was my own flaw. Um, and so I think 
what's helped me most was trying I've, I've been trying to learn humility since then mm, i guess yeah, I, I i i don't think i'm good at it still but it's a it's a, a pro- in, in progress <laughs> she, she shakes her head no, no you're not you're, <laughs> no you're doing um, good but th- there's a difference between confidence and pride okay i'm confident no no, no and, yeah uh, i agree <laughs> so you were more prideful in your relationship when we for or when you're in your relationship with God and I was mm-hmm. more of like a baby Christian. Mm-hmm. Like I had been in church my whole life but I felt like I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. Like the very least the basics, like the basic stories, iconic figures of the Bible. Like that mm-hmm. stuff I knew, but other than that, nothing. So mm-hmm. another reason why I shouldn't have relied on you to mm-hmm. build my relationship was you were further in your relationship than I was. And that's okay to admit. Like, that's not a bad thing. So I I was inspired by Jared to Mm. continue to grow my relationship individually. So that, because he used to have, like, not debates, but he would ask me questions. And sometimes I didn't know the answers to them. And I had never heard of the things that he was talking about in the Bible. And so I felt... Mm. Not belittled, but I definitely felt bad because I was supposed to learn all of this when I was growing up, I feel like, but I I knew nothing. Yeah, that was in my debate stage, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'd constantly send screenshots, be like, look at this conversation. (laughs) Like like I said, pride. (laughs) Um, I think what... Well, you know what? I'll ask you instead. So what did you do to grow your personal relationship? Because you said you started out as a baby Christian. So like, are there certain things that you studied? Um, Did you devote time? Like, what did you do to grow to where you're at now? Or what have you done? So I would be lying if I said there was every day that I just like devoted time Uh to God. But I, that's actually one of the things I struggle with is, you know, finding one specific time to Mm -hmm read the Bible or do a Bible study or whatever. So I did a mixture of pretty much everything. Um, So let's see, I guess just reading the Bible and doing Bible studies. Um, I was really set on using my phone when we first started dating, Mm -hmm. like using the Bible Bible app. And uh, they had a bunch of different good Bible studies that were like a week long. Mm -hmm. And I liked that a lot. But... I I now see the importance of using a physical Bible, not to bash anybody that uses the Bible app, because there are some good resources on there, but um, now I'm just starting to branch out of just mm. weekly Bible studies, and I'm starting to, or at least trying to go through the Bible on my own. I'm still in Genesis. Um, I started in January. Um, that was kind of my, one of my New Year's resolutions was to start studying, um, everything and Genesis I you know it's it's an easy chapter to to skip because Mm. it's like ooh, I think I know everything in that like God created this yeah (laughs) yeah it's crazy though how much like you weren't taught oh my (laughs) goodness like going through just the first five chapters my mind was blown with analogies of Christ and Mm. oh that's right Genesis chapter three y'all she got so stoked oh my goodness I I still love talking about that yeah but we can have another podcast maybe we can go through Genesis together in a podcast um and we've talked about making a podcast together sorry Codus might steal your thunder a little bit (laughs) we we can share him we'll make a new podcast um but yeah, just going through things together would be I think so. Possibly beneficial and it'd be a fun activity for us to I do so. as a couple. And that kind of ties into what I've done to grow because mm-hmm. 
I learn best through teaching. And so... Oh, that's another thing. Yes. Yeah. And... <laughs> I, I, so, in the midst of my depression, when I, I guess I really found my relationship with God, I, I, it started with finding out who God is, you know, uh, basically the who, what, why, when, and how of all the, of what God is. And, and so anyways, once I started studying who God is, it, stu- it looked into, you know, God's will. And then once you study God's will, it takes you into wisdom. And so once I studied all those things, it just gave me a, 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 a like a desire to learn more. And so through that, um, I was also a youth pastor at the time, and I mm-hmm. learned that I recalled the information that I taught better than the information that I read uh, in my Bible study earlier that day. And so I've always been that way. Like whenever I studied for quizzes in high school and stuff, I had to teach it in order to learn it best. And so um, I've all, I guess since then, so since I learned that, I thought, how can I apply this to, to my faith? And um, and so I used to make Facebook videos. I made these long Facebook videos, like 10, 15 minutes, like basically with sermons. And, uh, and then I, I realized it was like podcasts. And, mm-hmm. and so it was around that time, I guess I bought some podcast equipment and stuff like that. And I just never made anything. And, and it will. Anyways, now we have the Yolk Christian podcast. And so uh, I think that since I've done that, and even the TikTok, because I'm teaching, I feel like all the time, it's helped me to retain not only aspects of the Bible, but also in memorization and and how to uh, have conversation with people and how to do it all in love because if it's not in love, then it's pointless. Mm-hmm. It's another Corinthians verse. Um, and so teaching is what's got me from then to now. Um, and so along the way, I was a youth pastor at that church and then I was uh, a youth pastor at another church. And now I, I work with the youth at my current church, not on staff, but um, and so I, I make sure to keep teaching as part of my faith because that's where I learn best. Um, and so thanks for the podcast for that. So thanks, Codis. Um, so anything else you want to add with that? Or you want to go into the next one? We can part? go to the next one. Okay. Um, so that's what got us from where we were to where we are. And along the way, of course, we've, we're married, right? So, um, what's, what's the vow, the classic vow It's just, blinked um to death to his part that's not what i'm thinking of anyways love that's that's the conversation we're talking about love here um and so and if you listen to codis and, and mg's macy grace's podcast and you uh that just flows off the tongue macy grace macy grace yeah that's that's a nice name um so if you listen to their podcast and you heard codis kind of read you the definition of love it's found in first corinthians chapter 13 um but he talked about it for a different reason i'm going to bring it back up for another reason so jenna actually really like what she has to say about love being a choice but First um, Corinthians verses four through eight says, "Love is patient. You, we have the choice to be patient. Keep that in mind. Uh, love is kind. We have the choice to be kind. Love is not envy or boastful. It does not envy or is not boastful. We have the choice to be jealous. Mm-hmm. We have the choice to boast. It is not arrogant. We have the choice to be arrogant. It is not rude. We have the choice to be rude. Um, anyways, if you look at the definition of love." Um, Everything about it is a choice. And so what's interesting about love, though, is how it relates. And so um, <clears throat> the Bible says that if you love God, you'll keep his commandments. Well, then what do you do when you love God? It's a choice. Our faith is a choice. And oh, all those Calvinists are like, oh, you were called. Yes, we were called. We we're <laughs> both predestined and free will, which actually Jenna will talk about in just a minute, um, which is actually really cool and how it relates to love. Um, and so... Because love's a choice, when it comes to relationships, we've got to know that each partner has to choose to love. 
and you both have to acknowledge that love is a choice because love isn't a feeling. It doesn't just come and go. And that's what the, the modern, that's what society says. It's a feeling. Uh, you can't help it. That's just how you feel. But no, 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 no. Don't, don't be mistaken. Love is absolutely a choice. And it's a choice that if you're married, you're in a relationship. It's a choice that you have to make on a daily basis. Yes. Um, and it's not necessarily an easy choice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always easy to, to not be arrogant. It's not always easy to not be rude. My sarcasm wants to poke through y'all. Um, <laughs> and, and sometimes I want to boast too. And it's not easy not to, which I fail at that. Um, it says that love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. How often do I want to be like, ha, told you so. I would be wrong to do that. It's not loving. And so this is something that I have to constantly remind myself because I'm not, I'm not good at it. Um, I'm the same way. It's definitely not easy. And it's funny because remember when we first started dating, we had a conversation about you asked me, do you think love is a choice? Mm -hmm. I I know it's important. And I said, no. Oh, I don't remember that. Really? Yeah, because so, if you said no on the first day, I'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> no, like, we, we huh. talked about it, and I was like, I think I'm more of a romantic, like mm. a hopeless romantic, so mm. yeah. I believed, um, keyword believed, in, like, soulmates mm. and, soul ties like, too. oh, soul ties, like. Whack, by the way. All, <laughs> another topic, <laughs> um, like. I don't really know how to explain it, but I didn't, I didn't want to say that love is a choice. I wanted to say that it was like, Mm. um, what's a good word? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Maybe you're trying to say that God has a one for you. Yes. Yes. The one. Okay. So that's why I was hesitant to believe love is a choice, but Mm. definitely being with Jared and being in a marriage, I can tell that love is a choice and it's, it's not an not, easy one for you. <laughs> I make <laughs> no, it difficult. That's not true. Um, but love is a choice, and it's not always easy to make the right choices um, when you are loving somebody. And this isn't just relationships, like friendships, oh, um, family, like we were talking about earlier. But a good example of love is a choice is actually Hosea and Gomer. Mm. And... Um, so Hosea was called by God to marry a prostitute. What? And I know, crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the tea. So <laughs> Hosea married a prostitute. And but he at this point he had the choice to um, you know, follow God's commandment that mm. he had given him and he had the choice to choose which prostitute to marry. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So he could have chosen any prostitute, not to say that there was a whole bunch out there to pick from. I don't really know how it was back then, but um, <laughs> so he chose Gomer and God basically warned him that this woman that he was going to marry was going to run from him. Mm-hmm. And even if she runs and even if she's unfaithful, he needs uh Sorry, I almost said Moses. Hosea needs to run after Gomer and get mm. like forgive her and get back with her. And it's really just a big analogy of love being a choice and God's grace. Mm. So God, wow. this yeah. was all basically God's way of saying he will run after the nation of Israel. Just like Hosea chased after Gomer. Yes. Wow. Despite the adultery, despite the unfaithfulness, yes. God will continue to pursue his bride. Yes. Ooh! Mm-hmm. Uh. Good so, stuff, right? So you're telling me <laughs> that 
God gave Hosea the choice to choose his spouse. Yes. Yet while knowing the outcome of his free will, because he knew he was going to pick Gomer, mm-hmm. and then he also knew what Gomer was going to do. So God, through his foreknowledge of, of uh, Hosea's free will, yes. had a plan. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that free will <laughs> and predestination can coexist, huh? Absolutely. And it's found in Hosea. Yes. It's also found in Romans chapter 8, but we'll get into that another day. <laughs> that could be it. That could probably be in a bunch of different places in oh, the Bible. I'm sure it is. Another podcast. Another podcast. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never, uh, I never pieced that together with Hosea. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Um, Thank you. So that goes into love languages. Ooh, that this is, one's a tough one. That is a tough one. So I've actually got the the different kinds of love languages pulled up. Um, so there's, <laughs> okay, all right. So we've got words of affirmation. That's Jenna's love. Yes, language. that's um, my number one. We've got acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Quality time is your number one. It is. And so if I want to feel loved, girl, you better spend time with me. <laughs> and if you want to feel loved, boy, I better. Uh, I, got, I better give you nice words. Exactly. Which is bad because, like, I think things, but I don't always say them. And so that's just a, a struggle that I have. Um, and so when it comes to love languages, I think it's wise to learn your partner's love languages. Mm-hmm. Um not everybody wants to be loved the same way. Right, right. And I think that's a, a very common misconception. Like, if I like Absolutely. gifts, I think other people would want gifts. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Um, which I, I despise gifts. So, if any of you are ever listening, <laughs> don't you dare ever send me a gift. Um, literally Christmas I'll time. I'll take them. <laughs> yeah, that's like your second or third, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, no, Christmas time, I dread. I absolutely dread it. I cannot stand gifts. I've never seen a person hate Christmas. Like, Jared loves the idea behind Christmas, like celebrating Jesus's birth and all of that. But this man will pull me aside and be like, please don't make me open Christmas presents in front of your parents. I can't stand (laughs) it. And and like her parents are so giving. And I think your mom's love language is receiving gifts. So she gives a lot of gifts. Yes. And so it's just like, I have a mountain of gifts and I just, I, I I just, anyways, I just, uh, (laughs) um, I would, I'd rather pay somebody to let me not open gifts in front of others. Um, it has nothing to do with like what people think of me. I don't care about that. I yeah. just don't like receiving gifts. <laughs> right. Um, so anyways, I'll go back to the different <laughs> love languages. Words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And so some of these are kind of uh, complete polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, now, however, and there's also the opposite. So quality time and physical touch, those kind of go hand in hand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're uh, fresh to the relationship, don't be, be going physically touching anybody. Um, but, uh, you know, as, when you're married you, and you have, um, you know, I guess that ability, if you will, um, <laughs> you can have physical touch and quality time. And now, obviously, physical touch doesn't mean like sexual acts or yeah, anything like it that. It's just like literally like holding hands all the time. And I am definitely that. Like, uh, sh- Jenna despises PDA, um, but I love it. Like I could, I'd go up on in, on the stage in front of the whole church, and I, I'd just make out with her. I could okay. not actually like a full make out, but like you okay. know, kiss. Anyways, <laughs> so like I don't care about that. Like I love like hugging in public. I love the the whole like just touching the physical touch in public. And so my top two is quality time and physical touch. Um, and then it's probably acts of service third, and then words of affirmation and gifts. Um, whereas hers, it's kind of in the opposite order. It's words yes. of affirmation, acts of service. Um, I'd probably say quality time yeah, I and then gifts, maybe. They're literally, like, they're not all tied, but words mm-hmm. of affirmation is first, and then all of them are kind of, like, the yeah. same for me. 
Yeah, I think we, we took our love language test. Um, right after like, we got married. Yeah, so it was a while ago. Because we had an argument, mm. and that's where we discovered, oh, yeah, we're love language. languages are important. Yeah. Um, so definitely, if you have a partner, um, look up, like, y'all need to take the love languages quiz. It's really easy. You just, like, search it up on Google. Mm-hmm. And after you learn that, you're not always going to get it right away. Because it's still so easy to um, give love the way that you want Mm -hmm. to be loved. Mm -hmm. And I I will also say it's probably about time that we do it again because the way that we feel love changes periodically. True. I would honestly say it's probably every six months. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are times where I enjoy quality time as my number one. But there's also times where my my last one, words of affirmation or gifts, I do enjoy sometimes. Yes. So it really just depends on, you know, the the, the arena of life that we're in. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's going on in life like if if i'm you know feeling excluded at work or something maybe i need more quality time with my wife to kind of counteract that you know what i mean and there's also different definitions of like quality time which we've had right. to have conversations about very true because That's a good point. you believe quality time is just like sitting next to the couch like mm-hmm. being on our phones right. but my definition of quality time is like being present and um just doing mm-hmm. things that we love together um, that's just my personal, um, definition of quality time. That would make more sense with the, the quality. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on quality. quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I view like, um, just growing up the best way you could bond with me or like to show me that you love me is going fishing with me. But like a lot of times when you're fishing, I don't like to talk, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, if we're talking about the Bible these days, I can go on and on and on, but um, if we're fishing, I don't necessarily always want to talk. And so I just want to sit there or like if I'm hunting, I just want to sit there. Mm-hmm. And so some of my best friends, that's what we do is that's how we just, we spend time together. And so it's not necessarily that like with Jenna and I, of course, like that quality emphasis on quality has to be intimate intimacy as my dad always says. So, um, that intimacy is f- focused on the spouse. Um, so <clears throat> whereas quality time with my friends or whatever i'm not anyways um <laughs> there's there's a lack of intimacy there thankfully so um anyways that's love languages Re, uh periodically do them again uh keep a check with your your spouse significant other um and one other thing i want to add in conjunction with like love and love languages is i think it's super important to find somebody who can suffer well. Mm-hmm. If you listen to the last podcast with uh, Codis and MG, you heard them say endure, which means to suffer patiently. And I think it's really important to find somebody who, when you watch them, like when you're dating, like there's a lot of things you're looking for while you're dating. But I think one thing you should look for is find out how they cope with bad things of life, stress yes. or um well, I mean, as Christians, we're called to die to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're called to sacrifice our lives. Um, if not, you know, literally, then uh, called to sacrifice our wants. And uh, as Romans puts it, Paul does, he says to sacrifice our flesh so that we can be walk- and walk in the spirit. And so what that looks like in a relationship is when uh, when the your significant other, your spouse, what they're doing, you have to analyze what they're doing. And if something comes crumbling down, if, say they lose a job or say they get kicked out of their program uh, at college or something mm-hmm. along those lines, look at how they handle that and make sure that they respond to suffering positively. If somebody has a negative reaction to suffering, then that's probably not somebody that you want to sacrifice your flesh with for the rest of your life. Think about that for a second. If 
find somebody that you can sacrifice your flesh with that's not going to make it unbearable. Um, that's my point on that. Um, any and, thoughts on that? Yeah, that's kind of like going back to the superficial relationships. Mm, make sure that this person that you were with, they are not, their relationship with Christ does not rely on their emotions. So make sure that they're not just turning to God every time something goes bad. And then when things get good again, they're like, oh, well, I'm fine. So I don't really need Christ in my life anymore. And I see a lot of that actually, which is pretty sad. And I probably was like that myself at one time. Mm. Um, what about you? Oh, I mean, definitely. I think that uh, it's it's natural for us to suffer poorly. Um, I think, well, I mean, the Bible says that we are, as from the moment we're conceived, we're born sinful because we have our sinful nature, right? And that just makes us inherently sinful. And so if you look at a toddler before they are taught uh, morals, really, then they're selfish. They're inherently selfish. And so as a result of that inherent selfishness, um, I think that we want to complain when we when we suffer mm-hmm. and we want to try to fix me, 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 me when we're suffering. But a Christian suffering should be the opposite. It should be um, you, 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 you while I suffer. Yes. Um, so like, and, that, and this, don't take this the wrong way, but in marriage, it's all about sacrifice. And so mm-hmm. if you wanted to word it a, a, like a bad way, you could say a marriage is suffering, but not like, <laughs> and that's why I said a bad way, because like, it's not like a, oh my gosh, this is awful. In fact, it's the complete opposite because we're dying to self daily for each other. Yes. And so it's an endurance really. Um, and so to suffer patiently, it's endurance. You have to endure in a marriage. Um, that doesn't sound as bad. <laughs> um, what, are you, what What's your thought? Um, if they are suffering through something and their relationship does rely on their emotions, then that will definitely crumble. Like their relationship with, with the Lord will crumble. Because they can go through minor conveniences and then turn to the Lord. But as soon as something like, really bad happens like they are suffering through something serious Mm -hmm. they are they might want to turn away from the lord at that point because it's not faith that they're relying Mm -hmm. on it's their emotions good point are they turning to alcohol or drugs or are they turning to god and they're suffering that's that's an easy way to narrow it Mm -hmm. um and i think in a part of that is is when when somebody does suffer incorrectly and they go to alcohol they go to drugs i think oftentimes uh you can probably see like in the superficial relationships like we talked about before a lot of times we can see that their faith was built on emotion rather than knowledge and faith in jesus Mm -hmm. and so why is that such a bad thing why why is it bad for a faith to be built on emotion because that's not what it's supposed to be Mm, how so because it's supposed to be our foundation is supposed to be Christ. Absolutely. Not our emotions, because our emotions fluctuate. Ooh. And the heart is deceitful, Ooh. and that is somewhere in the Bible. Jeremiah seventeen nine. Ooh, wait, did you already have that pulled mm-hmm. up? That was not planned. <laughs> That's <laughs> the Holy Spirit working. I had planned it. She didn't know that. Well, what what I'm saying right, is, I, I said pl- yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I didn't know you had it pulled up, so yeah. that was cool. Yeah, I was planning on <laughs> saying it later. Um, that's just cool. How then? You know, get you get you a girl that knows the scriptures. Um, <laughs> well, the Holy Spirit knows. There you go. The, they, the they pull teacher. out the truths. That's for right. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And as Codas mentioned in the last podcast, um, there is a parable in Matthew um, where 
house is built on shifting sand, another one's built on the rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ, of course, for us. And so are we going to build our faith on shifting sand, on emotion, where the heart is deceitful? Are we going to build our faith on Jesus Christ, which is a firm foundation, and no storm can knock it down, no wind can knock it down, not even a dangerous wolf mm-hmm. or anything. When we got those three little piggies inside of our house, it ain't coming down because we built on Jesus Christ. Um, and believe me, I act like a pig sometimes. Um, <laughs> we technically have three little piggies in our house. Oh, yeah, we have dogs. We've got three dogs. Yeah. Anyways. Surprise! Yeah. Um, <laughs> so don't allow your faith to rely on emotion. It needs to be, make sure your partner's faith is built on a firm foundation. Yes. Um, on their knowledge of the word, on Jesus Christ. Um, and so, well, you know what? This is, uh, we got married really quick. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people thought you were pregnant. You weren't, obviously. <laughs> Definitely um, not. But a lot of people were like, why are you getting married so early? Mm-hmm. And why, why, why do people marry? Why should people marry? And why specifically, I guess I'll ask you this question first. Why did we marry so fast? Why, why did we get married? Because we were following God's timing, not ours. Mm. Um, and if you want to elaborate more on that. I feel like it, I've been answering your questions, so I want to hear your side so I can, like, um, talk, reply to it. Okay, so ask myself my own question of yes, why, why did why, we marry? why did we marry so quickly? Uh, I think it was a, a culmination of a bunch of things. So yes. right out the gate, like uh, I mentioned on the podcast before, um, on our first date, I started asking her God questions, you know, figure out where her faith was at. Because I knew that that was a priority. I didn't want to waste my time with a girl that wasn't a Christian and firm in her faith. And mm-hmm. and uh, based off of what Jen was saying and how she says she wasn't knowledgeable, apparently she was knowledgeable enough. Because I asked her uh, a couple of good <laughs> theology questions. She answered right. So, on the first date. <laughs> yeah, on the first date. I wanted to know what I was getting into. And, uh, and so there's a few different reasons why people should marry. I mean, obviously you should uh, – uh, the classic cliches, oh, you should love one another. Um, but honestly, there's a bunch of different reasons. And um, – and Coda said in the last podcast, you know what? Not everybody's called to marry. But I'm going to take that one step further mm-hmm. and say that if you are struggling with lust, yes. then God would rather you be married than not. Mm-hmm. So, and, and MG also said in the last podcast that everybody struggles with lust. So yes. I'm going to take this a step further and say majority of people should get married um, because it's better to be married. And, and um, well, you know, what? I'm actually going to talk about this in this uh, so 1 Corinthians um, chapter 7 is an entire chapter on marriage. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's so rich. I'm going to read it. Ooh, um, okay. So this is verse 1. It says, Now concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. But because of sexual immoralities, each man is to have his own wife. So that's one uh, wife, one husband. Mm. Right? That's not polygamy. That is one man, one wife. All right? <laughs> Uh, each man is to have his own wife and each woman is to have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife. What is a husband's duty? We can see in Ephesians, I think it's chapter five, but basically it's to provide and protect. I'm going to summarize it with that. So the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife. That also includes the sexual desires. And likewise, the wife also to her husband. Verse four, the wife does not have the authority over her own body, but the husband does. But likewise, the husband also does not have authority over his own body. The wife does. Ooh, people like to leave that mm-hmm, part out, huh? Mm-hmm. My wife is in control of my body, and I'm in control of my wife's body. Yep. Um, so he says here in verse 5, he says, Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. So what is he saying? He's saying, 
have sex is what he's saying <laughs> literally no, it. he's saying don't saying don't deprive each other and we'll talk about why here um he says verse five stop depriving one another except by agreement for a time so if you both say hey let's not have sex for a minute so we can focus on god that mm. is great and he says so a time that you may devote yourselves to prayer and come together again so that satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control so he's saying do not go without sex for so long that it allows an open door for Satan to come in and tempt either one of you with adultery. Yes. He's saying, don't allow that to happen. He's saying, keep having sex. <laughs> um, but verse 6 says, but this is, I say, by the way of concession, not of command. So this is similar, he says, a concession, right? This is very similar to in Matthew chapter 19 where Jesus is, uh, or the Pharisees are asking Jesus about divorce in, uh, in Moses' law. And so they say, uh, well, Jesus, Moses wrote about divorce and it said that if a man writes a certificate of divorce, then he can divorce anybody he wants and as often as he wants. And Jesus says, um, that is not originally what God intended because that, he, that was written out of concession of your own, your own hard hearts. So it's not uh, necessarily what God intended. God intends for us to be man and woman together in paradise. That's Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes. Um, and so... Um, Allowing uh, a time without sex and allowing uh, Satan to enter into the marriage through temptation, um, that is, I lost my train of thought, um, that's that what we ought, good. yeah, that's not good, that's something we ought to keep away from. And he says, but I say this out of concession, not of command. So like, mm. you don't have to be abstinent in marriage, you don't have to have sex in marriage, it's all about temptation. Um, but he's saying it's wiser to, to have sex and then of course have talk, uh, talk about it and make sure that the other does not go into, uh, fall into temptation. It goes back into Genesis chapter two, where it says that, um, a man shall, uh, leave his, is it Genesis chapter two? Anyway, somewhere in the Bible, it says that a, a man and a wife shall leave their, their parents and then become one flesh. So the two may sh- or should become one flesh. And so that's what it is. Make sure your flesh is whole. Make sure it's not yes. half. Make sure Satan's not, you know, griming his way up in there. Um, make sure your flesh is whole. If your arm was getting chopped off, you want to fix it real quick, wouldn't you? So we should have that same mentality with our marriage and our relationships mm-hmm. and make sure our flesh remains whole. Um, he says in verse 7, Yet I wish that all men were even as my, I myself am. This Paul, he wasn't married. Um, and he says, However, each has his own gift from God, one in this way and one another in that. And so he's saying it would be better if, if everybody could not marry at this point um, because – anyways, but uh, he says in verse 8, But I say to the unmarried, to the widows, that is good for them if they remain even as I. But if they do not have self-control, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And that's what I wanted to highlight. Um, yes. A lot of – I think a lot of people should get married sooner um, because – I've got that verse pulled up as well. Sweet. Um, but a lot of people – they burn with lust. They'll, they'll have sex, premarital sex, and um, that'll be something that they can't stop because they aren't able to control their flesh. I'm speaking from experience. Mm-hmm. And so um, it is better to marry than to continue to burn with lust. Um, and that's what Paul says. And so that's part of the reason why I wanted to get married so yes. soon. Um, and don't let that be the sole reason that you're marrying someone. Right, obviously not. Definitely yeah. not the wisest choice, but... If you love somebody right. and you have the intention of marrying them and you guys struggle with lust, then at that point you are just waiting and you're going to continue to live in sin mm-hmm. and that's not what God wants you to do. Right. So expedite the process. Yeah. Don't marry somebody just because you can't stop having sex. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, um, that's not what we're saying either. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's got to be somebody that's... Uh, 
It's got to be your gomer. I'm just kidding. Oh, um, okay, no. That was obviously a joke, everybody. I Maybe hope not. Laughed. Um, it's <laughs> it's got to be a faithful gomer, preferably. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, so I'm full of jokes. I'm not funny. Um, so what was the next topic that we had? Um, uh, was it the, we're going to talk about the three-stranded cord. Right. So it goes back to that marriage trinity I was telling you about. So the God at the top of the triangle and the spouse is at the bottom corners. And so there's three people there. But if you think about it, if you've ever looked, I'm a fisherman, right? And so we use this mm-hmm. thing called braided cord, braided fishing line. And so you have monofilament, which is a single strand. It's usually pretty weak. Um, it's not a, it stretches a lot. It's not, I'm not a fan of it, right? Um, and then as you, um, depending on the application of fishing, of course, but there's a different kind of fishing line called braided. And it's just like when you braid a hair or just braided rope, right? And we use braided whenever you're fishing in a bunch of gunk, um, if you're fishing around structure. Anyways, you want really, really strong fishing line, you use braided. And so similarly, when it comes to uh, relationships with people, with marriages, um, two strand, a two-stranded cord is stronger than one, like a monofilament, a singular yes. uh, cord, or sorry, a singular rope. Two strands is stronger than one, but yet three strands uh, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read this. It's uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. It says, And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will stand, uh, withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So when I, when I say it goes back to that, that marriage trinity, God is what allows for that third strand. Yes. I am one strand. My wife is the second. That is not easily broken. But yet if we add a third, it is not quickly or easily broken. And so... That's what we shoot for in marriage and in relationships, to mm-hmm. add that third chord. And, of course, God is, is already a trinity, so make that five chords. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you get the point. Incorporate God into your relationship. Make God a priority. It goes back to the make God your focus so that you can grow together closer to, to him and closer together at the same time. Right. So without God, <laughs> our marriage would most likely fail. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because we would be relying on right. our emotions and the world at that right. point. So Yeah, I don't know how non-Christian people do it. I, oh, that's why I they could, don't. I truly do not either. <laughs> yeah. It's so. Is it... Uh, I, I, like, who do they go to for their problems? A like, counselor. Well, that, but like, that takes... That's not sound advice, I don't think. Anyways, yeah. We yeah. go to God and we right. look to, you know, his, his word yeah. Save for money. advice. Go to God. <laughs> Uh, Anyways, the best teacher, the Holy Spirit. We're kind of running, running on the clock here. Oh, that's fine. Um, so, uh, incorporate God into your relationship and that make was... Him the the best. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that is really the gist of what we wanted to talk about. I hope yeah. that was beneficial for some listeners out there. Um, do you have any other thoughts that? You want to share? Uh, I don't think so. Any advice for the women out there? Because men are stupid. Not that I can fit into it one minute and 30 seconds. Got it. But we can do that in the future if somebody is interested in hearing advice from my standpoint, I guess. Mm. Well, I'll, uh, I'll add that women are crazy to the men are stupid. So okay. nobody's perfect. <laughs> um, right. Don't expect your spouse to be communicate talk feelings out um men talking to you it's uh it's hard to do um stepping on my own toes here but anyways um if you listen to this podcast and you think you want uh a godly relationship you want an equally yoked partner you want somebody that is um right there with you in your faith and 
Um, but you have to make sure your faith is there where you, if, you know what, be who you want to find. Um, okay. Make sure that your faith is where you'd want your spouse's faith to be. Mm. So uh, if that's what you want to do and maybe you want to find the faith, I have a prayer for you. Um, so go ahead and bow your eyes, close your head. Hello. Um, uh, bow your head, close your eyes. Dear God, thank for today. Thank for the opportunity of faith that you've given us. God, uh, give us the opportunity. Uh, you know what? Scratch that. You've given us the opportunity to accept Jesus into our hearts. And so... Uh, continue to guide us, guard us, protect us, allow Jesus to change our lives, and all this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for listening. You've got two seconds ended. Everybody go at Godspeed. Woo!